This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Sansa, Five of a Clash of Kings, and in our Raven we will be talking about Sir Shadrick the Mad Mouse. Wow. Is that a tiny character? Is that a minor Minor character? character. Smallest of the small? Yeah, and actually, we'll get into it. Like his, that is a part of this theory, and that uh, it's something I kind of found. I've been reading, the reading ahead, and keep coming across Sir Shadrick, and I think it's in, he's interesting. So I thought, okay, let's you know, looking for some more theories, we'll check it out a little bit, you know, and see his stature has something to do with the theory, and also the fact that he likens himself to a white mouse with red eyes. So stick around. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into that here in a bit. Um, as we do have, uh, so let's see here. So just a little bit of news uh, at the beginning of the podcast. So just remember, uh, this Thursday, for those of you who are our bannermen and higher tier on Patreon, we're going to be doing a Zoom hangout. Uh, so little happy hour sort of uh, event before Ez and I both go on vacation, yeah. um, which is going to be gonna be interesting yeah. um life changing i'm going i'm going to where as is uh, as normally is on vacation he's going somewhere else so there will be yeah. no sort matt's of literally coming back home he's actually coming <laughs> here go. where i'm at and i'm going out gone. of the country you know? right so well yeah so works out hey you know so so yeah so stay tuned for that um and then i did tell you guys about the itunes thing um for those of you guys so that does go live on the 15th it's not to say that we will have you know our entire patreon episode log, our entire patreon backlog up uh on itunes uh then but just keep an eye out for that so that does that is coming it is it's, it looks like apple is rolling it out on tuesday um so just keep an eye out for that and then uh, there'll be more of that sort of up there but you will you will be able to get access to the sort of um, some of the Patreon stuff, Patreon episodes uh, on Apple. Uh, if you don't want to use, if you don't want to go to Patreon and do that, you will be able to get some of that on Apple Podcasts, which is going to be cool. It's going to be super cool. I'm really excited for it because it makes it a lot easier for people because it's all right there and 
theoretically it'll all be in the same feed we don't really know they've Apple really hasn't said an entire lot about it other than it's happening. So I think it's going to be one of those things we'll have to sort of wait and see when they launch it. And then we'll go from there, really. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's great. Good update there. Uh, We have another update. I just like to kind of sometimes sometimes you just go and you just type in Google and you say Game of Thrones news. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Right. Literally, the top three headlines are this. You've got Fox News and People coming out and saying that Amelia Clark is teasing another possible culprit behind the infamous Game of Thrones coffee cup, right? That was in the final. That is a caught Starbucks. That's the news, Matt. That is the news, okay? Guess who it is, by the way? Guess who she's blaming? Dan Weiss. Johnson. Kit. The showrunners. The showrunners. She's blaming the showrunners for more, more, you know, mess up. So that's actually fitting in it. She's probably telling the truth there. Um, Another one, this is, again, the top three headlines that I saw when I typed in Game of Thrones. They made me laugh. Top three Game of Thrones headlines here. Inside Hook. Uh, the title to this article is George R.R. R. Martin proves once again he doesn't care about finishing the Game of Thrones novels. <laughs> That's literally the opening thing. What did he do? I have no idea. That was one day ago. I'm not even clicking on it because it just seems like clickbait. Or should I? I mean, it just seems ridiculous. Um. Well, uh, so right now is the E3, the video game conference. Yeah. Um, and there's a game coming out. We talked about this a while back uh, called Elden Ring, which is supposed to be coming. Uh, and it looks super cool. Dark fantasy. It's I think it, to me, it, it's from the same people who make the Dark Souls games, which are like just brutally difficult game. I mean, that's like sort of their whole deal is that they're just ridiculously difficult but you know it's it's fantasy um and anyway and so george r R. martin is writing or at least assisting on the story got it that's what it is now it looks like this yeah so yeah Yeah. so we just we finally just saw the trailer for that it looks super cool i mean i won't be playing it because i tried playing a dark souls game once and i made it through like the first level and that was it and because they're really hard like that's like their whole deal is that they're really 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 difficult yeah uh, well, it, uh, that's exactly what it is. People are just saying one more thing, one more project that's tying him that up. That's not that's not Game of Thrones, but it's done. I mean, he's done now on it, obviously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just hey, it's the article. I'm just you know, I thought it was funny. So. Right now, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, I think that's it for Game of Thrones news. We'll keep you guys updated as we get more. Guarantee it all. The major news will drop when we're on vacation. Guaranteed. Guarantee that's going to happen. 100%. So, something will happen like that. But what if there's like a teaser, like a House of the Dragon teaser? Geez, I will be down in you know what country on my little phone trying to record something and sending it to you. Do they you know? even have internet there? No. I, I mean, Hopefully. I don't know. What if you literally get lost <laughs> in the Bermuda Triangle? Ah, dude, I've tried not to think about that. I've thought about sharks and alligators and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. And I'm all Do almost, not go in the water. I'm not. I don't think I, they have alligators there. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't have alligators there. They don't. I'm just okay. Okay, there's a rainforest. Technically, there's a rainforest, so there's something in that rainforest. Like, there's got to be some really big let animals. Look. Let me. Let me look. At one I'm point pretty sure we said, can tell everyone what country it is, unless you unless you want to keep it. I'm, I'm keeping it safe. Unless you want to keep it secret. It. You got to go. Here's what you have to do. You have to go check my social media. I will update the stories over there. On Instagram, well, so I I always forgot. I kind of thought it was an M. island. It's not. It's not an island that you're going to. Oh no, it's not. 
No. I always forget that, that it's not an island. And there's a freaking rainforest, and you can walk through the canopy, okay? Oh, uh, dude, there's, like, poisonous frogs. Oh, I know, man. I was thinking, if one of those frogs just leapt over and, like, landed on my skin, dead. You know? Gone. Gone. Mm-hmm. I don't <clears throat> want to go. Well, I mean, you also got I mean, to go. What you really got to what you really got to worry about is cartels. I don't even get me started. I know. I'm not <laughs> I'm going out of necessity. I want everyone to know that I'm going because I need to go. This is an essential trip. <laughs> All right. This is not a pleasure yeah. trip. Everyone's wondering, like, why is this even going on this vacation if he doesn't want all these poisonous? What's he, what is, what is this? What is this for? Like, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Was somebody so, like kidnapped and this is like a taken see, situation? It's, it's, like, a, it's a secret. Like, Hedge Knight has been summoned. All right. Uh, I'm a sworn sword now. So I got to go, you know, I got to go fight off some. Uh, I, I got to fight. I have to, you know, go see too. There's probably Panthers. Uh, there are. I, I was looking at the when you walk through. They have these like rope bridges, and as you walk through the canopy, there's literally just like a massive cat I don't, watching you. I, I yeah. I don't think you're. I don't think it looks to me like you're not flying through the Bermuda Triangle. Thank God. I'm actually going out of Texas, so I'm going from Ohio to Texas, uh, to Dallas. Houston. I think it's like Houston actually, and then oh, maybe Houston. maybe maybe it's Dallas. I'm not sure. And then from there, um, onward. So, Jaguars. Yeah, guys. You know what? Uh, I guess. Yes, send us a raven. What country do you think I'm going to? I don't think I've spoiled it anywhere. It on says crocodiles, media. so maybe. That's what I'm saying, man. I li- by the way, the place that I- here's where's one hint. I'll give you guys a hint. Um, and I'll tell <laughs> Matt. This is the God's honest truth. This this place that I'm going to is the largest. I'm um, sorry, it's the most dense area. It does have a beach, so off of the beach, most dense area where in which you will find great white sharks. Like they, they this is wow. where they breed. This is the the largest breeding ground or whatever yeah. area is right there, off of just off the coast on one of their islands. Wow! And they, I, yeah, wow. Here, I'll, give, right. I'll give I'll give I'll give I'll give I'll give people a cryptic. I'll give people a cryptic. You know, send it. Well, if I say that, then people people will know it's because it's it's too close. It's not the same country that coincides with the famous Van Halen song, but it's pretty. It's around there, so I can say that, and I think people will. Okay, there you go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh so yeah, go check our social medias. Okay, Super Gains Bros for Matt and at Wamprat underscore two M. We'll keep you updated mm-hmm. on the vacation stuff, and if something happens, I mean, we might have to call the banners and have somebody else. Send us a reaction, and we'll post it on our YouTube channel if the trailer drops. Okay, it'll just be me Teaser. solo on the podcast. I'll just be, I'll, I'll just be doing it all by myself. God, the whole dang time. It. it'll be a train wreck if that happens. God so. dang it! <laughs> well, are you are you talking about me if I don't come back? Like if I get ate by a croc? Cheesy cow. Right, then I'll have to do. Then I'll have to do the podcast myself. Yeah, I uh, maybe I'll write a secret letter uh, as to who my heir slash replacement should be. <laughs> Could you I kind of like what they did for Rob Stark. Just kidding, guys. It's Matt. You guys do. Oh, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's move over to our reread today, guys. Today might be a short episode because it's a short chapter, but we're sort of heading into like the the tail the tail end of this whole deal, and so this is sort of the 
this is really the calm before the storm uh to say the least and that storm is stannis baratheon getting ready to come you know get it see what i did yeah. there oh yeah because he's from storm's end oh yeah it, yeah he's, he's a storm the storm and then yeah, the, yeah. the storm yeah but it, it will be ended because right. he's from storm's end and it's the store the calm before the storm. i got i got it i got it <laughs> okay okay i got it so anywho the battle of the blackwater is coming okay Sansa is in the Red Keep's royal sept. The Battle of the Blackwater is underway, and in and the people in the sept are waiting for the outcome. Joffrey obliged her uh, to see him off before. He made her kiss a sword, promising that he would kill Stannis with it. Sansa hopes that Joffrey will fight himself, um, will fight himself in the battle uh, and get himself killed. She told him that they that her brother Rob was always in the thick of the fight. Joffrey replied that he will kill Rob as well. In the Sept, the people are singing. Sansa sings with them until they start praying for the victory of Joffrey. Silently, Sansa prays for his defeat and goes away. As she leaves for Magor's Holdfast, she can hear the sound of the battle. Within the Holdfast, Sansa enters the Queen's Ballroom, where there is almost every highborn woman in the city, along with a handful of old men and young boys. Sansa notices Illyn Payne. When Sansa asks why Illyn is present, Cersei states he would deal with the treasonous guards and defend Sansa, or defend Cersei and Sansa if King's Landing is sacked. See, you know, look at it. The sometimes the chapter summaries over there. Yeah, you, you start reading them and you're like, this this doesn't add up because yeah. the Battle of the Blackwater isn't. It's it's becoming underway. It's not like it's. By saying it's underway, it makes it it makes it appear as if, you know, everything's everything's already happening. Oh yeah, no, it's it, so exactly. guys. We read these summaries over at the Song Ice Fire Wiki, so sometimes, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a quick refresher on, on what the chapter was about and some highlights for us to go, you know, click on on different things. Like if you want to look into uh, the Sept, if you want to look into Magor's Holdfast. Ilan Payne, all those different things. So many characters, so many different places, and it's nice to have a little refresher. But yeah, this is the point where Sansa is, um, she's comforting. She has to, you know, she's she's got to comfort some of the other ladies in here while the battle is, is raging. And Cersei is realizing that she's making preparations for a lot of different outcomes, right? So it could be that we are completely taken, that King's Landing is sacked. And we would maybe held hostages or what have you. I think she would rather. Uh, she's she's preparing. She has she has ill and pain there in case they, maybe there's orders right to, for them to be killed or poisons to be drank. The show kind of did something like that. Uh, yeah, because she doesn't want to be taken captive uh, and and used in in some way. But also, uh, Sansa is just there to kind of comfort and sing sing her songs. She's um, been taught by her Septa. For a long time, all these different songs, and she enjoys good singing. So here she is, kind of uh, comforting folks. Yeah, the song, um, by the way, for anybody who listens to the audiobook, you get to hear Roy Detree singing the song, and he's singing it to the tune of Deck the Halls. And I'm just like, of all of the, of all of the songs, you know, but I guess, you know, if you're doing the audiobook, you'd have to come up with something to sort of, 
you know, think yeah. about how you how you do it. It's like when I go back and I listen to, or it's like if you go watch an older version or you listen to an audio book of The Hobbit um, and they're singing Misty Mountain, you know, like oh cold. But now we're so used to the movie version that that will be the version pretty much forever. But mm-hmm. they didn't have something. So they just made something up. And it's like seems so different, you know, like so. Yeah. Different. Oh, anytime you hear the audiobook uh, guy do some singing for Lord of the Rings or anything, uh, it, it's it's hilarious because that would definitely would not be the tune in any show or movie, but they've got to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, also too, this is a chapter where Cersei, like a lot of the Kingsguard, come in and out and are like kind of giving her reports on things and letting her know what's happening, and she is. You know, giving them orders, telling people what to do, all, all, all that that's going to be happening around this time. Like she'll get updates and reports from the war. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we know where it goes. Ultimately, we know that it's 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 everything's going to be okay for, for this group of people. But it's just more where you see the people that are close to Cersei. You see what she's doing, what she's planning, keeping Sansa close, and then communicating with the King's Guard. Doesn't want her son to go too far, to be in harm's way. Make sure he's close close by. Yeah, so I do. I do have a couple. I do have a, a couple interesting things here um, from this chapter because, guys, this chapter again, it's it's one of the, it's another one of these chapters where I mean, it's it's really short. Um, but uh, here we go. So starting off, you have um, in the sept they sang for the mother's mercy, but on the walls it was it's the warrior they pray to, uh, and all in silence. She remembered how Septa Mordain used to tell them that the warrior and the mother were only two faces of the same great god. But if there is only one whose prayers will be heard. So that's kind of interesting because, you know, um, really the seven, we don't sort of, I think we, we spend so much time focusing on R'hllor and the great other. That's <clears throat> sometimes the seven, you know, we don't e- either. It, it's just something that's not talked about as much. Um, but that is interesting that the seven is actually one God, but with many different aspects to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. And you know, when are the seven going to start answering prayers is what I want to know. Right. I mean, seems like we pray to them. We're, we're always thought they're just, the, they're the silent, as you said, they're the silent gods. They, they're not, you know, we might sing to them. We might pray to them silently and they're going to be silent themselves. But yeah, it is interesting that they are, uh, Jamie, I was just reading a Jamie chapter the other day where he talks about the warrior and how he, that was the, um, the manifestation of that God, right? That he kind of gravitates towards because he's a warrior and yeah, it, I mean, so you have, I think, I think it's like this, there is this one God, but it's, it shows itself in, in many forms being the mother, the father, the stranger and so on. And who do you pray to during which time? That is interesting that during certain times you might pray to certain individuals. You know, the warrior is going to try to keep you safe. The father is going to look over everyone. The mother's mercy and, and you know, just that kind of um, comforting, kind vibe that you would want in this room where Sansa is trying to sing and comfort folks. Yeah, that would be who you would turn to and pray to. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, after that, right, Tyr- is like Tyrion is here for a second, and he um, he does he does sort of talk to Sansa a little bit, right? Um, and yeah, that's kind of interesting, just because just because we know ultimately that Tyrion's gonna Tyrion and Sansa are gonna get married, or 
going to be well they are they do get married uh mm-hmm. you know not really too long sort of i mean in the in in the next book of course but sometimes when i go back and i look at Tyrion and sansa's interactions um and just and kind of think about like you know where could this lead to what's what's going to go on even further down the line um i was actually re re-watching a little bit of season eight here we go mm-hmm. um and in the battle of winterfell you know it's sansa and Tyrion, and they're like together when they're in the crypts yeah and and i was kind of like they and then they end up running and escaping but uh i was like yeah you know i wonder if they will end up sort of um getting tied back up together yeah what do you mean in the in some way or another so, so it's in season eight in season in season in season eight sans and Tyrion, um they're in like the crypts together at winterfell yeah um and like there's a moment where they like hold each other's hand or whatever yeah. um and so i don't know i was just kind of thinking could that happen will they Something like that because technically they're still married because their marriage is never in the show at least and even in the books i mean technically they're still married their, sh- their marriage is never annulled or anything i mean they're right. still never consummated married yeah um right right so there's some some gray area i don't know that i don't know if that i don't know if that well, I don't know if that means anything in in the Song of Ice and Fire world, does it? I think once you're if you're married, you're you're married. I, I it was very important to have a betting ceremony, you know, to make sure that you. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but but I mean, in our world, it doesn't matter if you do that or not. It's all about that that paper. Once you sign that legal document, you're right. But I think the whole point is the context is she's forced into a marriage, and also it wasn't right. consummated. So yeah, you get into the whole is she technically married was she forced into it you know with all the politics and the gaming winterfell's gonna be like heck no she was a prisoner who was forced into right. into marriage and stuff so uh against her will so anyways that is something right but yeah i, I still think though Tyrion treated her well and i think she probably could show up and be you know they might have a moment she thinks about Tyrion all the time when she thinks not like a mo- like like she thinks about Tyrion all the time in his kindness and when she's looking at um when she goes to the Vale and she thinks about Baelish and Baelish uh, kisses her and things like that, she has a um, – she just remembers how Tyrion didn't, you know, necessarily – like how he showed kindness to her. And, and, she, and she reflects on that. So it wouldn't be – I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Tyrion is, is, sees her later and, and they, are, they have a moment where they are kind. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So wouldn't that technically make Tyrion king? Wouldn't that technically make Tyrion king in the north? If they're still if they're still married? Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's what he wants. Is he has a claim to Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's king well, in the I'm north. I'm just saying Sansa becomes queen in the north and yeah. he's king, Tyrion uh, we should start calling him that. That's what he is. You know, there is also the theory that Sansa's going to marry a Targaryen. Yeah. And there is a big theory that Tyrion is a Targaryen. Good God. Uh, there's theories out there that have you I, I didn't even really know much about this one. With the I mean, whole, I'm just I'm just I'm just stating I'm, I'm just stating, you know, facts, theories. facts. You're stating facts that right. they are technically still married. As this is a short chapter, man. We got to you know, we got to We got to yeah. buff it out today. OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. No, no, no. no. We got to go down, down, down some rabbit holes. You're saying that they are going to be continue to be married. So let's actually think about that for a second, though, because that is an issue, right? And she is in the veil and she's with Baelish. Um, 
Her aunts toss out the moon door. And they have actually right. the, the, the Shadrick theory today is is all about Sansa. So I'll get to that in a second, but it's it's all about monitoring and keeping track of Sansa for some greater purpose. It's kind of a very tinfoil uh, thing, but there's not much on on Sir, Sir Shadrick. So uh, what do you do if you're Baelish? How how do you get over the whole Tyrion? Tyrion's in exile right now. I mean, you would have to get like the Sept the uh, the High Septon to come up and and maybe do an annulment of some kind. So they might actually do that, maybe. Uh, once everything is sort of revealed and, and all of, uh, the, the plotting and the scheming that's going on in the veil comes to sort of uh, a larger light, that might be the case. Because they were thinking at, at some point, um, Sweet Robin might be someone who she, she, she could marry. Uh, Harry the heir in the veil was someone else. So you're right, people are putting forward all these different, different individuals, but there's a problem. She's still tied technically to House Lannister, right? Right. So, yeah. unless he's dead, unless people just think he's are dead, that, that, are we are we gonna get the, are we gonna get that that resolved at any, you know at any point? Yeah, I don't. That's a, that's that's a great question because as the show went, the the way the show goes about this is it, it go in a totally different. The show just tosses that out the out the out the window because then she marries Ramsay. Well, I mean, there she's literally really forced into. Yes. I mean, that's not even that's. Yeah. But, yeah. And, the, and, and and that was they had to do again. That's Tyrion's on on the outs. And you have to get a decree from King Tommen that basically. Right. Says that. But okay. in the but in the books, that's not even the case because it's no. not even it's Sansa doesn't doesn't marry Ramsay Bolton. Elaine does. Or right. Elaine, uh, Jane Poole. Yeah. yeah. Arya yeah. does. Uh, Ar Arya say. does. Yeah. 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 Um, Faker. Yeah. Man. Actually, marriages and alliances are something interesting to kind of watch and think about. As like, Towards the end, in, in our next book, um, Cersei's name will come up as someone else who could possibly be married. Um, you have lollies in this, Lady Tanda, and, and lollies and different individuals who Sir Bronn, Sir Bronn, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Bronn will, will kind of be... You know, he, he he's going to get some lands and some titles and stuff like that. So it does sort of matter. That was the whole play and that we want Tyrion to be um, Lord of Winterfell. I mean, have a claim to that. And it, it's it's such a long shot that that's why Tyrion fits. In Tywin's eyes, yeah, let's go with Tyrion because it's such a long shot. Never going to happen. But, you know, I don't want to put anybody else in jeopardy. Like, he wouldn't send Jamie up there. That, the Northmen are going to, you're too far away from Casterly Rock. You're, you have to make them, I don't know, like that, you risk doing kind of what an Edmure Tully does with the, with the phrase. You go to a wedding and you go up there to kind of, um, you know, be, be wed, do the, bar the, the bedding ceremony and you're captured. You know what I mean? If Tywin sends up somebody else with Sansa to kind of solidify the North, well, there goes his son, but it's Tyrion. So we'll, we'll let that go. But right. and also well, you couldn't plan, you couldn't do Jamie his, because his, of Kingsguard, is, but right. But his plan, well, that's his plan. Seems like it's going to work because obviously Rob dies. That Rob dies before the purple wedding. Mm -hmm. So at that point, hey, we could go take this. I mean, we could go take this over. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of, like a, a lot of Tywin's plans too. It's just like he does lay all these different different ideas out, and then once he's killed. 
Cersei, you can see sort of the, I'm not going to say madness, but what, what Tyrion does in this book, in A Clash of Kings, where he's kind of highlighting um, the mistakes that Cersei is making in regards to her children and planning and people around her at court. Tyrion shows us that he was sent there by his father to kind of work against her in, in that way or keep her in line, sort of. Now, once Tywin dies, this is later on. I'm flashing forward to like basically a feast for crows. She all of a sudden will start to make all sorts of terror. She undoes all this this Tywin stuff. I mean, a lot of this stuff gets un, undone. But you're right. He had a, a really good plan sort of set up for his children and for the Lannister influence to be far reaching. Very far. He was like he was like super close to actually having a lot of power and influence and, and complete control over the realm. And things might have been prosperous. Might have been good. You know, D- during the days of the Mad King, he was the guy running everything. So, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good to dive down this. Um, okay. So, a little bit more about this. Uh, so, one of the other things we kind of see quite a bit here actually is um, just, just in some of the quotes I'm seeing here online, people pointing out a lot uh, about um, some of the things that uh, Sansa sort of prays for, right? And how she ill wishes a lot um, on Joffrey, right? Sort of, um, you know, that he'll go. uh, So like, uh, let me hear. What do you pray for, Sansa? I pray for Rob's victory um, and then and Joffrey's death. Um, mm-hmm. So another line, right? Your Northerners won a crushing victory today. We received word only this morning, and she. And these are all inner inner dialogue here. You know, Rob will kill you all. She thought, exalting. Mm-hmm. Um, moving over to the sword, right? That Joffrey makes her kiss. Um, he'd owned a sword named Lion Tooth once. Sansa remembered. Arya had taken it from him uh, and thrown it in a river. I hope Stannis does the same with this one. You know, and then she says, you know, it's a beautiful sword. Uh, she's lying to him, obviously. Um, uh, you know, the damn things as tall as I am, Tyrion muttered in a low voice. Half the chalice and Joff will be falling down drunk. Um, good, she thought. Perhaps he'll break his neck. Uh, the gods are cruel to take him so young and handsome at his own wedding feast, uh, Lady Tanda had said to her. Um, the gods are just thought, Sansa. Rob had died at a wedding. Oh, that's, that's later. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just, just some of these, some of these uh, things that Sansa has throughout um throughout and we do see some of we do see some of that here too so i think i think what this person is pointing out is ultimately like you know i think we view aria because aria goes to sleep at night with her list right later mm-hmm. and she's like thinking about all the different people she wants to kill and stuff like that and i think we we view sons a little bit more as sort of innocent and a little more pure and stuff like that but she does have some of the, she does have these thoughts as well which is great because it gives her character some sort of you know some yeah. dynamics to her character as well uh yeah yeah it it does because she's remember she is completely um uh, they've they've been she's been tormented this whole time she she's had to watch her father uh lose his head she's been manipulated pulled one way back the other way uh Joffrey has been abusive and he's been terrible to her Tyrion has tried to help when and where he can uh and and Cersei one day could be you know, kind and talk about her beauty and ask her how she's doing, make her a gown, but she's got everybody spying on her. So yes, Sansa does not want anything. And then they're rubbing in her face that her brother's been, you know, like that, that he's going to be killed and that they're going to have his head and all this kind of stuff is going on. So she is, yeah. And, and really just being, you know, tormented essentially. 
here, oh, here at King's Landing. So yeah, she she's praying for um, their downfall. And yeah, it's 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 not good. Another thing I I wanted to point out, I guess, in this chapter, Sansa has always had a. She does not like Sir Ilan Payne. He's always kind of scared her. So it is interesting right. that he's the guy. He's he's the executioner who's in the room here. And when she looks at him, she's she's really you know shocked, and she kind of blurts out, "Why is Sir Ilan Payne here?" And the queen glanced at the mute headsman. To deal with treason and to defend us if need be. He was a knight before he was a headsman. She uh, she pointed her spoon towards the end of the hall where the tall wooden doors had been closed and barred. When the axes smashed down those doors, you may be glad to have him. Uh, also, he's there for another reason, which is not just to deal with people showing up and, and, and you'll possibly... Not to just to, to, to defend them from an enemy but also to maybe even defend them from their own guards. Like Cersei makes this jab at, at Osfred uh, Kettleblack and says like, you know, who will protect us from my guards? Loyal sellswords are rare, uh, are as rare as virgin whores. If the battle is lost, my guards will trip on those crimson cloaks in their haste to rip them off. They'll steal what they can and flee along with the serving men, washerwomen, stable boys, and all uh, out to save their own worthless hides. So she asked Sansa at that point, do you know any good sacking songs? Or, or do you know what happens during uh, the sacking of a city? Have you, have you ever learned any of that in any of your songs? It's to highlight again the innocence of Sansa and her growing up and learning that, yeah, not everything is in my songs. Um, it's what she wants, and it's what she wants to work towards. She wants things to be like those songs, but she's learning that, nope, they don't, they don't sing songs about that necessarily and the, and the rape and the pillaging and all the things that take place in a sacking of a city so yeah um yeah and i guess uh yeah another thing to point out in this chapter is sort of sansa's sort of relationship with the hound right in this one um uh you know where she she prays for the hound right you know um, and she she wishes the hound were here instead of Sir Ilan. Says he is no true knight, but he saved me all the same. She told the mother, "Save him if you can, and gentle the rage inside of him." Um. Uh. And then and then of and then of course uh, later uh, she that's when she says, you know, why is Sir Ilan here? Um, I would be gladder if it were the hound. Sansa thought, harsh as she was, she did not believe Sandor Clegane. Sandor Clegane would let any harm come to her, and then of course he will save her here shortly yeah yeah that's pretty cool that's that's actually pretty cool yeah he's he's someone who could who could mess up quite a few people uh yeah it, and they're just getting the battle reports and you get a lot of the kettle blacks and different folk running in and out kind of uh, you see who really almost almost in this chapter you kind of see who cersei can trust and who she prefers her preferences a little bit just in who's telling her information keeping sir illin there and all, you know all, all that stuff so um, yeah, it's just more insight to, to her and then Sansa character development. I don't know I, I, if people, if there's, I've not read any, any, any one liner in here where there's something that really knocks my socks no, off and says, it's, it's, it, it's a really, it's a really short chapter. It's yeah. It's like 10 pages at most, I think maybe. Yeah. So anyways, that's it guys. There's, I mean, we're basically singing away there. We're trying to comfort everybody. Lollies is, is nervous. You've got. Uh, Lord Giles Rosby is in there coughing away, uh, as, as he always does hacking up a lung and 
trying to wait out the battle. They, they can hear it. They can hear the battle just outside, and they're getting the reports. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's kind of it. That's a, it, is, it, is, it is a short chapter. So, Ez, let's move on over to our sort of raven today. Yeah. So, um, as if you haven't been to a tell, I've been, I've been kind of reading ahead in, um, in the series, and I like to go through and just, you know, try to see if I can find any other theories or little nuggets that make me just think about things like the kettle black, the smiling knight situation or, or what have you. And I was thinking about Sir Shadrick. So I went to, um, went to Reddit just to see if I could find something. So credit here, this was posted by Moondoggle, uh, five years ago, Okay, but and it is kind of tinfoil, but I figure we'll, we'll see what people... Sometimes these things, like I read these to generate new ideas or to say, where did they go wrong or, or where did this go off the rails? And is there something more to this that, that I could add? Or it, it caused me to think about um, other theories or even disconnections to Sir, Sh Sir Shadrick. That's hard to say. And, you know, make you kind of elaborate more on a person's theory. So I'll see what you guys think about this. You can let us know. Send us a, a raven on this or or uh, leave us a comment about this. But so I had a thought, this is according to Moondoggle, uh, that the other day about, about Sir Shadrick and my tinfoil theory, I've been going back and forth on a bunch of theories and I think I may have come up with something new. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out his identity, which I'll do a bit here as well. Uh, I've always had trouble determining his motives, but here I think I have a new twist on what's driving him. So, uh, point number one, more like Shad Fib. So instead of Shadrick, it's Shad Fib. Everything Shadrick tells us about himself is a lie. A reoccurring theme here is going to be applying things we learn from Dunk about the life of a hedge knight to things Shadrick tells us. So um, this user is making uh, the, the correlation between the hedge knight book and what Dunk tells us about the life of a hedge knight and then what Shadrick tells us about uh, his own time as a hired knight or a hedge knight uh, as they resume their journey the hired knight dropped back and looked her up and down by the way she's where you first see shadrick just for context is with brianne uh when she's looking for uh a a young maid um of three and ten is that you say it ten and three what's, yeah, whatever, 13 uh with auburn hair and she's trying to find sansa so this is where she comes comes across him so yeah he says, yeah, as they resumed their journey, the hired knight dropped back and looked up, uh, looked her up and down as if she were a side of good salt pork. You're a strapping, healthy wench, I'd say. Sir Jamie's mockery had cut her deep, and the, little, and the little man's words hardly touched her. A giant compared to some, he laughed. I'm big enough where it counts, wench. And he goes on to say, lie, he's, he's, probably, he's probably not that big. Uh, so that's the first uh, little nod to him not telling the truth. Sir Shadrick of the Shady Glen, some call me the Mad Mouse. He turned his shield to show her his sigil, a large white mouse with fierce red eyes on bendy brown blue. The brown is for the lands I've roamed. The blue is for the rivers I've crossed. The mouse is me. And again, this user believes that's a lie. The mouse is not him. It represents the ghost of High Heart. So here's where we get into some of these. When, when I read these and I think we, we need more context or more setup to that, but... Okay, mm -hmm. so what? Uh, this is the piece uh, of resistance to my theory. You know, this is where we might start resisting to it as well. 
but more in point two below. Uh, Brienne says, are you mad? Oh, quite. Your common mouse will run from blood and battle. The mad mouse seeks them out. It would seem he seldom finds them. I find enough, tis true. I am no tourney knight. I save my valor for the battlefield woman. So, um, calls that a lie. Spoilers here, sort of a Winds of Winter uh, chapter. Sir, Sh Sir Shadrick laughed. Oh, I doubt that, but it may be that you and I share a quest. A little lost sister, is it, with blue eyes and auburn hair? He laughed again. You are not the only hunter in the woods. I seek for Sansa Stark as well. Now, wait, that's not Winds. Hold on. Let me click over here. That's actually not Winds of Winter. So let me see if I skip the Winds of Winter thing. Oh, okay. This has some of the Winds of Winter stuff. So there's there's passages supporting some of this stuff in Winds of Winter. Anyway, um, Brienne kept her face a mask to hide her dismay. Who is this Sansa Stark and why do you seek her? For love. Why else? She furrowed her brow. Love. I love of gold. Unlike your good Sir Creighton. I did fight upon the Blackwater, but on the losing side. My ransom ruined me. You know who Varys is, I trust. The eunuch has offered a plump bag of gold for this girl you've never heard of. I am not a greedy man. If some oversized wench would help me find this naughty child, I would split the spider's coin with her. So um, that is, I believe, from A Feast for Crows, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe it's A, a Storm of Swords. Either way, though, uh, that's still in the main series. And he's got later on some ties to, to Winds of Winter. So ignore that part. But lie, he seeks her to prevent the end of the world. More on that in point three. In addition to this, he thinks he's lying about the Blackwater and his ransom. Or I think he's lying about the Blackwater and his ransom. To be on the losing side of the Blackwater, he would have either had to be in Stannis's fleet, an unlikely choice for a mounted knight, or on the other shore of the Blackwater with Stannis's um, uh, Calvary, which was composed of knights he brought from Dragonstone, which would mean Stannis brought him with him when he left King's Landing. Unlikely. The knights he took from Renly's army. So you remember when Renly is defeated and people come over to Stannis and right. he's got his group from Storm's End. Yeah. This would imply that Shadrach was in the peaceful reach looking for work when the War of the Five Kings had been raging in the Riverlands for at least six months. Uh, at this point, possibly more. I can't find a good timeline. This doesn't make any sense. We learned from Dunk that a hedge knight goes where the action is. So he's kind of saying the action was in the Riverlands. Um, and so it's further north. How, how does he make it down in time to get with Stannis and his host when there's no action? That The first action that, that you really see is you see the stalemate between Renly and Stannis. But then now we're going to move against King's Landing. Like how do the hedge knights know to go sign up down there? He's not... He's not telling you his moves ahead of time, I guess, is what, is what we're implying here. Um, regarding his ransom, Dunk was a giant and was able to stay more or less employed due in no small part uh, to his size. He was also quite thrifty. Even so, when we meet him at the start of the mystery night, he doesn't have two silvers worth of coin. Ransoming back thunder in his arms and armor at the tourney isn't even an option for him. How could a five-foot-tall hedge knight have enough gold on him to ransom back his armor, his arms and armor, and his horse, which, 
by the way, I think is probably worth more than Thunder. I don't know horses, uh, but yeah, a, a rangy courser sounds like a good horse, whereas everyone who sees Thunder talks about how old and worn out he is, although we know he's still a good trooper. Uh, one more thing about this is his shield. Every damn time Dunk gets in a fight, his shield gets destroyed. House come Shadrix is intact. And as far as we know, from Brian's point of view, undamaged enough to clearly make out the sigil. Uh, quote, I thought, I thought you were in this merchant's hire, only so far as Duskendale. Highball is as niggardly as he is fearful. He is very fearful. What say you, wench? Really? Because when, when they get to Duskendale, that cheapskate merchant buys Shadrick dinner and a room at the inn. Based on our travels with Dunk, uh, that's a freaking jackpot. And actually, that's interesting. So he he has been in the in the in the employment of this merchant for a while, who does seem to be taking pretty good care of him and helping him him move move around. So why would you give that gig up? Um, and, and also, gosh, if the if if the merchant can pay like that, why 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 Shadrick, and why not someone else? Yeah. You know, maybe he's more crafty than we know. So why is he traveling with highball at all? Most likely for a cover story. Also some cash doesn't hurt yet. Another thing we've learned from dunk is that a random knight traveling on his own is usually assumed to be a criminal. And that's during peacetime. A couple, pa- uh, I'm going to skip those. These are passages from, Oh, those are all passages from winds of winter and you got to click on them and open them up in there. They're long. So we're skipping those, but there's more evidence basically to kind of back this up when you have the big tourney in the veil. Uh, point number two, all about albinos. So it's been driving me crazy trying to figure out the symbolism of Shadrick's albino mouse. And that's interesting. It's an albino mouse with red eyes, right? The three albinos we know in the story are so significant. Blood Raven, Ghost of High Heart, and Ghost. They all have ties to magic, in particular werewood magic, which is funky when you think about it because werewoods are kind of like albino trees with white skin and red eyes. Um, Blood Raven is virtually a werewood himself at this point. Ghost of High Heart haunts a hill uh, ringed with 31 werewood stumps. Ghost communicates with possibly future Bran through a werewood in John's wolf dream in A Clash of Kings. So it's really hard to see how a short, insignificant sellsword might belong to this company. Uh, then one day I was tinfoiling, no kidding, uh, about his identity for the hundredth time thinking, which I think is a good thing. I say that in jest because I think mm-hmm. I tinfoil all the time and this is totally, started, sounds very tinfoil um, and I love it. That's, that's why we read them. So anyways, I was uh, tinfoiling about his identity for the hundredth time thinking he might be Hoster Tully's bastard son and this is just one of his random thoughts he's had. Not that he has one, something I thought that he has had at some point. Uh, the brown is for the lands I've roamed. The blue is for the rivers that I've crossed. With an albino, with an albino mouse in the middle, an albino mouse in the middle of the lands and rivers, a tiny albino in the middle of the riverlands. The ghost of High Heart is three feet tall. So what he's saying is, is that he thinks the shield is a clue that there's a lot of land with rivers running through it, and there's a tiny figure. That's a mouse that's white with red eyes. And that is symbolic of, uh, of him being an agent for the ghost of high heart. It's not really spe- I had to read it a couple of times actually to like understand what he was trying to say about, about this. But that's what, that's what I'm gathering is that 
that sigil, a mouse is not roaming all over that, that countryside like that. I mean, this just seems kind of like a, almost like, you know, he's a hedge. He's made this up. This is his, his shield. So this is him being connected somehow to the ghost of high art. So what does this all mean? I think it's universally accepted that the ghost of high art is Jenny of old stones, wood, witch. uh, here's what we know about her. She has prophecies about the prince that was promised. She's extremely convincing. Uh, she convinced the heir to the throne, Jaehaerys II, to make his kids marry each other, believing that the prince that would be promised uh, would be born from their line and all that good stuff. She knows what happens at, or what happened at Summerhall. She accurately predicts several deaths. She had two visions of Sansa not dying. All right. So while I don't think it impacts my theory too much, I think Shadrick... Uh, was most likely an unacknowledged bastard of a Riverlands noble who was set up with a job squiring to keep everyone happy. My current theory is that his father was Stevron Frey. Not important, but we can discuss in comments if you want. So yeah, it's, he's bouncing around on ideas because at one point he had, you know, him being real, one of right. the Tullys and so on. So that's all right. Um, I think at, at some point, in his travel, Shadrick camped on High Heart and got a visit from the uh, from the ghost. As we've seen, she's pretty easy. Uh, she pretty easily can make people into believers. I think at some point she had another vision, another Sansa vision, and convinced him that he needs to find her and help her. This might also explain how he was able to go from searching for her on the road to Duskendale to finding her in the Vale. That would be a pretty huge coincidence. Maybe Ghost of High Heart had a vision pointing him in that direction. Whether he's there to help her escape or to protect her from someone, we can't know yet, but I firmly believe he's there to help. Hope you enjoyed reading. So too long, didn't read. Sir Shadrick is working as an agent of the Ghost of High Heart to help Sansa, possibly uh, as a part of the prince or princess that was promised prophecy. I don't know how she fits into that prophecy necessarily. Uh, and I don't think that the ghost has, has you know, much to say i don't know that 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 seemed to be a targaryen type of thing um but what do you think matt tinfoil um i well i wouldn't dismiss the idea of somebody working as an agent for the ghost of high heart but i don't think it's i don't think that they're necessarily bound to her or something i think it's what's probably more likely is that because remember the ghost of high heart wants to hear jenny's song like she asks you know like um tom seven strings and those guys like i want to hear the song again so we, um, what's what I think is probably most likely is that maybe if for this to give this just an idea of how I think it could work, um, is it's possible he came across her. He wants information about his future or something like that. He wants a prophecy about himself, and she could have him. I want you to do something for me. So like I, I wouldn't dismiss just to start the idea of somebody working for the ghost of high heart. Um, I think that would be a scenario in which you could see something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, looking at the wiki and stuff here, um, cause he's just, he's, you know, it's just one of these, this is how it works. Some of these characters you kind of forget about, or you have to go back and look at and be like, what exactly is going on with this guy? Yeah. I mean, he, it seems like he's lying a lot, right? I mean, Brian thinks he's lying. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, when he becomes sarcastic, you know, she knows uh, as he know Right. Anyway. Um, so. Yeah, maybe yeah. I think I think I, I think I could potentially I could potentially see that. Yeah. So so uh, when she's traveling, she's with Sir Sir Creighton. Uh, mm -hmm. 
and long longbow yes yeah, Creighton longbow uh and he's totally lying that guy's lying he's making up story after story about things that happen and so you have him we and you have you have an honest hedge knight and one who's not so honest that she's traveling with then you come across sir shadrick who seems more reputable and someone who is kind of uh he's traveling with a merchant he's he's being actually it's it's brianne who buys him some food uh at first but it is the merchant who will get put him up for the night and give him a bed so he's got a good gig there and I don't know. I, I don't, we don't know much about him. I think he's interesting. I think the most interesting thing is the symbol is the idea that you have a, a white mouse with those with those red eyes, and you're trying to figure out what's what's up with that. And then he does show back up in a Winds of Winter chapter with Sansa. You know, he's riding into this tourney. Now, hold on a second. He said he's not a tourney knight, but he is showing up to a tourney, right? Right. So, so that that's another that's another piece of evidence where you could say he's he's not he's not necessarily telling the truth he hasn't shown up in any tourneys as far as what he tells brianne but then he wants to go be a part of the uh what are they called the the winged knight uh raven whatever um falcon the falcon brotherhood the brotherhood brotherhood of winged knights there you go the brotherhood of winged knights um which there's gonna be eight of those versus seven because you know sweet robin needs to be a bit better than the king's guard and he needs eight instead of seven and there's a big tourney to kind of, you know, figure out who those individuals are. So maybe that's different. Maybe that's that's part of the reason. And he wants to kind of prove himself there. So, well, I yeah. Well, here, what do you got? Well, here we go. On the Song of Ice and Fire, you were reading from the Reddit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is from the this is from the forum of Ice and Fire, which is also it's okay. tied to the wiki. It's also really good. Here, somebody is breaking it down, um, talking about all of the people who he could possibly be working for. And he, he lists pros and cons. Really? Um, it's really good. Yes, yeah, really good. Let's um, go. So he says, for those who don't remember who he is, he's a sellsword that first meets Brienne, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so he says, uh, number one, Varys's agent. Pros: Shadrach set uh, Shadrach says he hopes to get a reward from Varys. Uh, Varys's old spy network was known as Little Mice, and they were known to be small and quick. Uh, also, Varys needs Sansa. He says, cons, Varys is gone, but Shadrach does, uh, doesn't know that, right? Um, right? At first, I thought Varys might need Sansa to marry him to Aegon, but now Aegon is likely to marry somebody else. So, uh, Cersei, he says, pros, Shadrach needs an, a reward. Uh, cons Cersei cares more about capturing Tyrion so I doubt he would uh, he would get much reward from her anyway um, and he probably would have said he's working for Cersei uh, so he says secretly Manderly secretly working for the Manderleys um, he says pros white mouse slash rat cook parallel um, the river in uh, Shadrich Sigil, Sigil could be the Mander uh, white mouse with red eyes could refer to the old gods and his knighthood to the seven, similar to Sir Bartimus. Um, it says Wyman is trying to get a Stark back. Why not another? He arrives to the Vale with Sir Morgoth, and Garth is a name from the Reach. It says Wyman is very secret about his missions. This could be another one. Uh, cons he's small whereas the manderly family family are usually described as being big so i wouldn't know that he's secretly himself a manderly but he could be in the employ of them mm-hmm. um <clears throat> he lists hal and reed but that one's just like so i don't, I don't even think there's any validity to that one um 
he kind of goes on wow some some re- weird tangents here potentially given the idea of liza aaron and Littlefinger's son i don't think there's any validity to that um here we go stan an agent of stannis he fought for stannis at the blackwater stannis inspires loyalty it says cons they're too far from each other um so he says just a sell sword sometimes a tree is just a treat right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then he just kind of goes on and lists like literally possibility of everybody but i would say some of those um and again i think i think especially Varys is the one that is likely if it is because he does say he's trying to get a reward from Varys and yeah. the little mice connection yeah and, and another thing he does too so it's in that winds of winter chapter um he's asked like you know are you gonna get in the joust are you gonna do these different things and the only thing better he says the only thing better than getting into like a like um a melee where he's he's just in you know just hand to hand combat would be if he stumbled across a sack of dragons you know like like money right and so he seems to be a guy who wants to just have this i don't know he, he wants to be well paid and he wants to kind of you know earn, earn some money so someone's paying him he does end up in the service of peter baelish i'm not i mean that's at the very end of a feast for crows when he shows up there but before that he's not and I don't think, yeah, it's not like something where you find out that the, that the Kettleblacks, you know, later on were employed by Peter Baelish. And that's like a double kind of, you know, um, right. Move <clears throat> or whatever. Like, yeah. And he, I dan- he, I mean, he, he meets, he meets Elaine Stone. He dances with her yeah. in the winds of winter. Um, Could be the, could be the, the thing where we've, we, maybe this is the, this is, we've been Who wondering is this guy? what, how, well, we've been wondering, we've been wondering how do you move because to get to, to use the show as any sort of theoretical guide to move us forward, even mm-hmm. even without the show, you still have to get to sort of scenarios in which things happen. Um, and the and our sort of one question is Sansa, what do you do? What yeah. do you do with Sansa? Because she's not with Ramsey Bolton, like we saw in the show. Mm-hmm. And that sort of served as like a key. Okay, I can see how you move this piece here to get over to John, and then that rallies John, and we go fight Renly, and then that gets him out of the, or not Renly, but Ramsey, and that gets them out, and then you 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 can go forward from there to move towards the end, which is going to be White Walkers and King's Landing. Well, right now the issue is uh, Sansa. She's one of the biggest issues because she's. What do you? Where does she go from here? Right now, it just seems like she's going to stay in the veil, and unless unless we hear of some battle that's going to take place in Winterfell with Jon Snow, mm-hmm. then otherwise she's just going to stay in the veil. And where are we going to go? Well, we saw Jane Poole escape as Arya, although in the show it's Sansa herself who does it. Maybe this guy figures out who she is. Mm-hmm. And she escapes the veil. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the question she, is, you know, yeah, is yeah, is, go to Varys. is is he a good guy or is he is he a bad guy? Like, well, like who is he? Like the question is, is yes, yeah, is who is he working for, and what are his intentions with Sansa? Is it just to help return her to who? For what purpose? You know, like. Well, if he even if he's a bad guy and he figures that he ultimately discovers who she is, he might be able to he might be able to get her to Varys, knowing that I mean Varys is gone right now, but 
get her to Varys knowing that Brienne was looking for. So, I mean, he he obviously knows that the Stark children is yeah. something where that can pay it's a worth, reward. Yeah, it's worth. So that's what if I'm he saying. gets if he gets her. Yeah, if he if he figures out who she is, gets her to Varys and then we see the big Varys realizes this is the real deal. Let's marry her to young Griff. And now mm -hmm. we've got a formidable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be sick. And then maybe, then maybe you get some descent later between, maybe you get some descent later between Sansa and who's married to young Griff trying to claim the throne. And then at that, by that point, you've got Daenerys over here and she's with John and they get together. And then it's like John Daenerys or Sansa young Griff. I mean, who knows? You never know. I, we have no flipping clue because George is not finishing the, the daggone book. <laughs> we have no clue because we have no clue. Cause but we, like, need, that we is, need another book. That is crazy to think about that. Like maybe she does end up with young Griff in some way and that Shadrick is, is a part of it. Um, and yeah, because like I said, whether he's good or bad, if it's a ghost of high heart, it's to preserve her and her line and her story for some important reason. If it's somebody who just wants to give this guy money and they're trying to use Sansa politically, um, either way, it moves her around and gets her out of the veil. And it also could be that he's someone who is caught by Littlefinger. Littlefinger might further kind of uh, dig in, I guess, or or, or kind of, um, oh, like the like. I'm trying to think of a good way to put this, but like he, it might it might allow him to uh, to keep because Sansa is thinking in the veil, like like uh, it was Baelish who um, protected me, who got me out, who saved me from my aunt, and all these different things, like. She's starting to kind of fall into this, like, he's he's looking out for me type of thing. Now, she's getting wise to it as he's losing a little bit of power in the in, in the veil. And she's starting to understand politics in the veil. But this could be another guy who, if he stops Shadrick, then, you know, might keep her closer to Baelish. And we're still wondering how does she move on from him. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Interesting. The Mad Mouth, there's not much to go on. So we have a chapter where there wasn't much, and we also have a character where there isn't much to go on. And, you know, you do what you can, all right? So. Yes, you do. Yes, 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 you do. So. Okay, guys. All right. Well, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, just remember, Thursday is Bannerman Hangout for you guys who are that tier and above on Patreon. So look forward to talking to you guys then. It's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah time 7 30 something like that yeah 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 i'll be on a little um, bit early so, but yeah. okay yep yeah so all right guys well with that we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be discussing chapter 58 davos 3 of a clash of kings if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you in a week and remember that we